Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This 24-part series on interpreting the book of Revelation was given at Tungling Bible College in Singapore back in 2002. Be sure to get a copy of the textbook by the same title, available from Amazon in your region in paperback and ebook formats, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. All right, uh, today is going to be the heaviest day. So uh, I think we ought to all stand up, and I'd like you to lay your hands on your head, (laughs) and your spirit, and ask the Lord. Honestly, today's going to be the heaviest day uh, of the session, and then uh, we come, uh, you know, we start off ankle deep, like the river of God, you know, and then we go knee deep. Uh, Today, waters are swimming. And tomorrow we'll sort of surface, and Friday, when the test comes, I don't want you to be here in spirit. I want everybody to be here. Salvation doesn't depend on it, the certificate does. Anyway, let's all stand a moment. Uh, sincerely, I want you to just put your hands on your head, on your spirit, and just ask the Lord to uh, just invite me because it is a heavy session today. And uh, I always feel for people, you know, maybe uh, they're not having any eschatological background, and they say, what is this all about? And uh, often say to you, or people often say to me, uh, in, in, in humor, of course, they say, Kevin, we like your tapes better than you. I said, well, why is that? They said, well, we can turn you off. <laughs> I just thank them for their ministry of encouragement. <laughs> so uh, afterwards, there's no way, you know, what we're trying to do, the impossible this week. And I do encourage you later on to get the, the tapes and uh, go through it again, listen to it again, check me out. And... Uh, just to be honest with you, I really don't worry whether you believe me or not, but at least you hear why I believe, and I like what uh, I think it was David Searle said in uh, uh, some, some book here, a uh, uh, foreword, that he said, I know what Kevin believes, I know why he believes, and I know how he got it. So even if you disagree, disagree agreeably, but so well, at least I know why Kevin believes that, how he's got it, I've done my work, I've been through all the different uh, eschatological schools, so, so you know, I, I know it's a little bit of a pun, people say it'll all pan out, and it will pan out regardless of what I believe, anybody else believes, but God has given us the book, he said send the book to the churches, and as the church we should at least know some of these things, how many would say amen to that? Amen. Amen. So uh, if you disagree, disagree agreeably, but don't throw it away because this is, you know, 54 years of my life, research put into this text. I've looked at all the different schools, the strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Often um, it's like thesis, antithesis, uh, uh, one extreme finding the other extreme, and the balance is generally down the middle, synthesis. Uh, I'm synthetic. Uh, uh, way down the middle, I believe, between a lot of extremes. So, so I just wanted to say that at the start. So just put your hand on your head, on your spirit, if you know where your spirit is, and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we just uh, stand in your presence this morning, the uh, midst of the week, uh, Wednesday, this third day, and we just uh, lay our hands on our minds, Lord, on our spirit. And we do pray once again with the Apostle Paul as he prayed for the Ephesians that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of yourself will be upon us at the eyes of our understanding will be an open Lord and lighten that we'll just know as we uh, just study your word together. Father, you know my heart. 
not trying to force anything, but just uh, just be a, a true communicator of your word, Lord, and just be an honest uh, interpreter of your word. So help us all today, just enlarge our spiritual uh, capacity, Lord, enlarge our thinking, uh, apparatus, Father, and just may the Holy Spirit, who is really the teacher beyond me, he is the teacher, the unction, the anointing abides with him. I depend upon your spirit, Lord. I, I can communicate it to the head, but you have to take it from the head to the heart. So we come and depend upon you for this whole day. May it be a good day, an exciting day. Father, in your wonderful word, we ask this in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Shake hands with two people before you sit down. So in our first session, and uh, if you're sitting next to somebody who took the notes, maybe look on with them. Uh, I said uh, in our first session we looked at different methods of viewing Revelation. So number one, we could look at the book of Revelation historically. Revelation chapter 1, 2 and 3, that they were local and prophetic churches. So local churches in Asia, but the Lord picks out this seven as uh, local and prophetic of seven churches in Asia in a condition that would obtain right through to the end of the age. So we've just touched on that very briefly. So I want, to, I want you to respond to me on this. How many feel comfortable with that area? It's a safe area to look at the churches historically uh, and, and prophetically. There's not too much controversy on that as far as I know. So that, that is a safe area. All right. Number two, theologically, we can look at the book of Revelation theologically. Just taking major doctrines of the Bible uh, through it, say the doctrine of God, of Christ, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, of Satan, angels, sin, judgment, eternal states, and we've been weaving. Uh, and for me, after you know, 54 years in ministry, and to me, the uh, most important foundation in anybody's life is sound theology and sound hermeneutics. Those two, everything else comes out of that. So, 
just sound theology, looking through the book of Revelation. How many feel safe with that? It's a safe view. So as I said, I've gone through every reference to the Holy Spirit in Revelation, every reference to, the, uh, to angels and so forth. All right, spiritual truths I've been trying to weave through, as well as the information, but practically, practical applications that we apply to our lives, say, on the seven churches and so forth, conflict of good and evil. Everybody feels safe on that. There's plenty of spiritual truths there. And then uh, we've been weaving through, in uh, the approach I've taken this time, uh, that the book may be viewed Christologically, so Christ in Revelation. Christ in uh, Revelation chapter 1 is the high priest judge. Uh, Revelation 4 and 5, the Lamb of God. Revelation 7 as the Jehovah angel. And recognizing that some just say they're ordinary angels, uh, I would disagree because of the ministry of the angel. And uh, <coughs> so I believe it points to the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 8. Uh, the Jehovah angel taking our prayers. Some, as the Roman church would say, it's an ordinary angel. We disagree theologically with that. Now uh, we're going to be looking at chapter 10 uh, in our first session. And then number five, another way of looking at the book is devotionally. The worship scenes in the book. As I said, there's 17 worship scenes there. And uh, worship precedes the opening of the book. That's why we come and sing, worship the Lord, open our spirits to God. And then uh, number six, I've been weaving this through, uh, topically, topics or themes through the book of Revelation, Holy Spirit, see we did one theme, having ears to hear, and then remember that session, having ears to hear what the Spirit says, uh, overcomers, books, uh, I referred to the books yesterday, trumpets, I gave you some uh, uh, good material on the trumpet, see, so look at it th uh, thematically. So basically, I want you to respond to me, so does everybody feel pretty safe on these first six areas? And, Yes. So they are very safe areas, any ministry, but regardless. Now, it's number seven that is the most controversial, and, uh, and that's the area we're going to be moving into now. So from Revelation chapter 10 onwards, we move into the eschatological section of the book. That's the most controversial, and I haven't got the type of time to... Uh, you know, discuss all the views. I've put them in the textbooks on uh, Revelation, Christian Millennium, 70 Week Prophecy. I've put the different schools there, whether it's our millennial, pre mill, post mill, windmill. <laughs> uh, some go around circles, whichever way the wind blows. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't want to take your valuable time or my valuable time to do all those views. If you want to look at them, there are put plenty of textbooks there. I've been, been through them all. So we're moving into the most controversial area on Revelation. That's the eschatological prophetic viewpoint. Daniel Revelation, the seven weeks prophecy, the image, the beast, and the, and the beast kingdom, and so forth. So this is the most controversial, and I'm, I, as I said, I don't want to waste your valuable time or my valuable time. I'm going to give you what I believe, and generally speaking, why I believe it. And uh, if you don't say, well, Kevin, I'm not sure, I don't know. Okay, take down the notes and, and look at it later on, because the seminar actually begins when it finishes. <laughs> okay, after I've gone back to Australia, and seen my wonderful wife. Yes, and seen how much she's done with those credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> Father, bless her and bind her in Jesus' name. <laughs> All right, so everybody with me so far, I'm taking a little bit more slow today just because of what we're on. Now, let's just sort of go through a summary of what we've done so far, the safe areas. So, Revelation chapter 1, 
And I, and I do want you to respond to me, not, not just to respond, but to say yes, I, I just get the general gist of that. So Revelation chapter 1 was what? It was the vision of Christ as our high priest judge. Is that right? Yes. Clothed in his garments of glory and beauty. So you might like to make, you know, I'll just scribble it down here this morning or last night, whatever. Uh, vision of Christ as our high priest judge. Number two, uh, chapters two and three, the vision was concerning the seven churches in Asia or the seven golden lampstands. So that's a good title for those chapters. So number one, high priest judge. Number two, uh, chapters two and three, vision of the seven churches in Asia. We're all safe on that. Chapter four, the theme of chapter four is the vision of the throne. The emphasis on the throne of God that God rules over all. Right, vision of the throne. Right, chapter 5, the emphasis in chapter 5 was the vision of the book. So the seven sealed book. So that's the theme. See, if you look at a chapter and say, what's the major theme in this chapter? That sort of gives you a good sense of direction. Okay, so Revelation chapter 5, the vision of the seven sealed book. Alright, chapter 6, Revelation 6, was the vision of the opening of six of the seals. So, vision of the opening of six seals. So, in chapter six, uh, you can put the title on that chapter, it's the opening of, of the six seals. All right, yesterday we looked at uh, chapter seven, and in chapter seven, basically we have uh, two visions there, the vision of the sealed and the unsealed. The sealed 144,000 and the unsealed multitude. So, vision of sealed company and an unsealed company. That's the predominant thing. The sealed ones are protected, and the unsealed ones, they come out of great tribulation. All right, vision, uh, or Revelation chapter 8, what was the predominant vision there? Vision in chapter 8 is the vision of the golden altar of incense. Everybody remember that, and the censer, and also the, the preparation of the trumpets of judgment. So I'll say that again. So Revelation chapter 8, vision of the golden altar of incense, and then the trumpets uh, being prepared to sound the trumpets of judgment. So that sort of gives you, uh, uh, and encapsulates uh, Revelation chapter 8. Okay, vision of the golden altar of incense and trumpets of judgment. Then number 9, where we finished yesterday morning, Revelation chapter 9, it's a, a two-fold vision there. Basically, it's the vision of the fifth and the sixth trumpets of judgment. So uh, Revelation chapter 9, the vision of the fifth and sixth trumpets of judgment. And we just see those uh, demonic uh, uh, plagues here out of the bottomless pit. So it's from, uh, from the underworld, from the bottomless pit. Right, so that's chapter 9. Okay, so now does everybody feel comfortable with our, you know, title encapsulating each of those chapters? I'd like, I'd like you to respond to me. Does everybody feel comfortable? Okay. Alright, now, chapter 10, which we're going to look at now. From chapter 10, you might like to put this down here. Chapter 10 through to 19 at least, we're dealing with eschatology. Or simply the end time events. So chapters 10 through to 19, we're dealing with eschatology, the most controversial areas in the book of Revelation. I mean, you know, there are other areas, but they're the main ones. Alright, so everybody up with me now? Yes. Okay, thank you for the underwhelming response again. Everybody up with me? Yes. yes. Okay, now I want you to turn uh, here. What, what we're going to do now, we're going to look at uh, uh, Revelation chapter 10, which you've got on page 9 here, where we've got uh, the sixth trumpet, the horseman played the second word, and parenthetical between the sixth 
and the seventh trumpets, we have two visions. Vision number one, the vision of the little open book, and then vision number two, uh, the two witnesses. And then, uh, chapter 11, verse 15, we have the seventh trumpet. So between six and seven trumpet, we have two uh, uh, parenthetical uh, visions here. All right, now, on vision number one, I'd like to make the statement here. Uh, and then prove it. So, well, Karen, why do you make a statement like that? This is what I believe. Uh, the, the little open book that John swallows or that he eats is the book of Daniel. Okay, so I'd like you to make a note of that. I'm going to prove it to you, hopefully. But uh, I, I have no hesitation saying that when John is uh, given a little open book now and uh, he eats it, and uh, it's what I call um, God's Chinese meal. <laughs> Because uh, when John ate it, uh, it was sweet and sour. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that Chinese? <laughs> it was sweet in his mouth and bitter in his belly. That's a Chinese meal, sweet and sour. Uh, I like sweet and sour as long as it's not pork, okay. <laughs> because of all that deviled ham that you have over here. <laughs> Some of you uh, will remember that from Sunday, hopefully. Alright, so let's turn over to uh, Daniel chapter 12. Okay, now I'm taking for granted, maybe I'll ask you the question, how many have not read Revelation 10? Hands up. Uh, anybody lying here? You all should have read Revelation 10. Now, let's go back to Daniel 12 and read a few verses from here. Daniel 12. Did, did I say that right? Okay. Now, let's go down to verse 4, Daniel 12, verse 4. And uh, I'll read from old authorized here. I've got new authorized, but seeing I've got it underlined here. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Now, just, I want you to think along with me. So, shut up the words, seal the book. We think of the seven-sealed book in Revelation. But when we come to Revela uh, Revelation chapter 10, it's not a sealed book where the seals have to be open. It's an open book, a little book open book. So, here the Lord says to them, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Not the end of time. The time of the end. Now, I believe we are living in the time of the end. Not the end of time. The time of the end. Okay, we see what's happening in the world. Many shall run to and fro on Malaysian Airlines. And knowledge shall be increased in Tungling Seminary. I just put that in there. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two. The one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And the one said to the man clothed in linen, the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? The time of the end. And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that lives forever and ever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half. Time, times and a half. And when he had, uh, shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? 
And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise who attend this seminar shall understand. <laughs> All right, we'll hold it there. Now, I want you to take the sheet that you've got there, and uh, the reason I say that the book that Daniel is e uh, eating is the little book of Daniel is for this, uh, this reason. Uh, for you fill in here, I did a comparison between um, Re uh, uh, Daniel chapter 12 and uh, Revelation chapter 10. Chapter. So these are your fill-ins. Uh, hope you can see them. Sorry, I'm not in the PowerPoint yet. I need some laying of hands for that. Okay, this is what you should have. So I'll, I'll verbalize it because it's not overly good in here. Okay, so let me verbalize it. So on one side, have you got Daniel 10 on one side? Yes. Uh, Daniel 12, okay. Uh, made a mistake up here again. Okay, the typewriter. Okay, so Daniel 12, Revelation 10. Now, all right, now let's, this is your fill-in on the sheet that you've just got out. Number one, Daniel is told to seal the book. Okay, which book? He's heard some things in the book of Daniel about the beast and the seven heads and the ten horns and at time, times, and half a time. And Daniel says, look, my cogitations trouble me. I don't know what it's all about. And the Lord says, go your way, Daniel. Shut up the words. Seal the book. Now, Daniel, John, in contrast, is seeing a little open book. So it's not a big open book. It's a little open book. And, and I know the Greek word for book is, uh, any book is uh, biblios. But it's a little open Bible, a little open biblios. That's the whole Greek thought there. Then in Daniel chapter tw uh, 12, uh, uh, Daniel sees the man clothed in linen. When John sees the same man, and later on I, I believe it's the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to prove that to you, he sees a man clothed with a cloud, the Shekinah glory cloud. In Daniel chapter 12, this man clothed in linen lifted up his right hand and his left hand. And in uh, Revelation 10, uh, John sees this man lifting up his hand. In uh, Daniel 12, uh, this man swears by him that lives forever and ever. And this is just another one. No angels would dare swear by God. They, they can't. They're created beings. God swear by himself. He didn't swear by heaven and earth, which are to pass away. He swore by his only mutable being. So no angel would dare take oath. Even Jesus said to us on earth, don't take oath. Don't swear uh, by heaven or by earth or by the hair of your head or by Jerusalem. Anything like that. Just let your yea be yea and your nay nay. Yes or no. You don't, don't go taking oaths. But hear this one. And only the Lord Jesus Christ could do this. So swear by him that lives forever and ever. In Revelation 10, this man swears by him who lives forever and ever. Taking oath by the Father. Then in Daniel 10, he said, I heard this period of time, time, times, and half a time. And in our world, it's amazing how we use so much of Bible language and we don't even know it so well. A time, one year, times, double times, half a time. So how much are you getting paid? Oh, I get time, times, and half. I get paid time and a half. Uh, some people do it in jail. I've done time in jail. <laughs> Too long. Time, no. So time is a year, times, Two years, half a time, half a, half a year. So three and a half years. In Revelation chapter 10, he heard this voice after and said, the time shall be no longer, there will be no longer delay. 
Time should be no more. It's more literally no longer delay. Now in chapter 11, after this happens, we are immediately introduced to time, times and a half a time, three and a half years. Alright, then Daniel, here was, this is sealed to the time of the end. In Revelation 10, the seventh angel says, when this all happens, the mystery of God will be finished. And the mystery of God pertains to the church. Uh, in fact, in the, in, in the New Testament, there's only two great mysteries, and they both concern women. <laughs> the great mystery of Christ and the church, the marriage of Christ and the church, and the other great mystery is the harlot church in Revelation 11. So a lot of mysteries, but the mystery of God finished. So things pertaining to the church. Then in Daniel chapter 12, we're told that... Uh, Daniel heard, but he understood not. But when John got it, he said, I heard. And he did understand. And then the final word to Daniel was, this is closed and sealed to the time of the end. Go your way, Daniel. It's sealed to the time of the end. Whereas with John, the Lord said to him, take and eat this little book. So he ate the little open book. And immediately, as you see down the bottom, I'm sure if this on your sheet, this is what we move into from chapter 10, uh, after Daniel eats the little, uh, after John eats the little book of Daniel, in chapter 11, chapter 12, chapter 13, we have mention of three and one half years and the events that take place at the three and a half years, not seven years. For those who follow seven years tribulation, it's not to be found, as I said the other day. Fifty-seven sevens in the book of Revelation. The only seven that's not to be found is seven years. So I have my friends that we disagree agree. We say, look, if you want seven years tribulation, five with me, three and a half will be enough to handle if I'm around. But you can have seven. Don't get upset with me if I've only got three and a half, okay? Disagree agreeably. So it's significant that from now on, we have this period of time all taken from Daniel. All right, so everybody got your feeling in that? Ask your question. Yes. All right, so John and Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, and there are other details, but that's enough, hopefully, to convince you. So uh, I hope you feel comfortable with that. That's why I believe that when John eats the little open book there, he's actually eating the book of Daniel, and then starts to prophesy of those events. All right, now let's turn over to Revelation chapter 10, and I want to uh, just draw your attention to a few things concerning this angel. And, uh, of course, you may have to use uh, the other side of your sheet there. Okay, Revelation chapter 10 now, and I'm not going to take the time to read it, but I want to give you an outline of the mighty angel here. So the mighty angel. All right, so I personally believe that the mighty angel is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the reason is, for, is what I'm going to uh, say here. So the mighty angel, none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, number one, you'll notice his clothing. So the clothing of this mighty angel. And we're told that he is clothed with a cloud. Now, there's basically two opinions on this. So if you just want to make a note, there's some expositors who say, this angel is just an ordinary angel. Alright? I disagree with that, disagree agreeably, for the reasons I'm giving you here. So this angel, this mighty angel, and remember that the word angel is simply messenger. So I saw another mighty messenger. So we have to discern whether it's an angelic being, whether it's referring to the devil in his angels, or Michael in his angels, whether it's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ as the Jehovah angel, or uh, in the Old Testament he was often revealed as the angel of the Lord. 
So we have to discern that. So the whole language here points to none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, uh, as, as it says at the beginning of the book, uh, that's one thing I don't agree with in the book of Revelation. It's got the revelation of St. John the Divine. Well, the very first verse refutes that. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not the revelation of John the Divine. It was given to him, but it's not the revelation of John the Divine. And John wasn't divine. Okay, so Revelation. So, uh, number one here, his clothing. I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. And I believe that this cloud represents the Shekinah glory cloud. So, the cloud on the Mount of Transfiguration. A cloud overshadowed the Lord Jesus and the voice came out the cloud. Alright, number two, um, uh, his head. What does it say about his head? A rainbow was upon his head. Now, no ordinary angel will have the rainbow upon his head because uh, in, in, in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, which we didn't uh, like, uh, refer to, but there we see the rainbow around the throne. And when we go back to the origin of the rainbow, the rainbow was a token of the covenant given to Noah. It's a token that everybody sees as a worldwide sign, the rainbow. God originated the rainbow. And so this mighty angel, his clothing is with a cloud, uh, the Shekinah glory cloud, his head, uh, he has the rainbow upon his head, so he's a covenant person, not applicable to angels. You never ever see in every reference, any reference in the total Bible of angels having a rainbow on the head. Number three, the third thing, his face is as it were the sun. So his face is shining like the sun. Well, that's already happened in Revelation chapter 1. When John saw him, he, his face was shining as the sun. On the Mount of Transfiguration, his face was shining as the sun. In that Shekinah glory, the glory of, of, of God the Father upon the sun. So his face shining as the sun. The greatest glory, full of light, the, sun, the, the glory of the sun. Then number four, notice his feet. And his feet were like pillars of fire. In Revelation chapter 1, his feet... Uh, were like, and his legs were like pillars of marble. Song of Solomon says the same thing. Uh, the whole language is inapplicable to any ordinary angel. How many are starting to see that? Only applicable to the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory. Now, notice one uh, uh, under number four, his feet, right foot and left foot. It says, hope you've got your Bible open on this bit. I know you've got it right at the same time. But uh, he said his... He, um, yeah, uh, his face was the word of the sun, and his feet is pillars of fire. And then in verse 2, and he had in his right hand a little open book. Uh, that's the next part of the one. And he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot upon the earth. Now we know it's using symbolic language here, but I want you to make a note of this. Why does he have his right foot on the, on the sea, and his left foot upon the earth? Turn over to chapter 13. And I'll tell you what, why. It's a symbolic stance that everything is going to be under his feet because in Revelation chapter 13, the first beast, the Antichrist, comes up out of the sea. So Jesus puts his foot on the sea. In Revelation chapter 13 and verse 11, there's another beast there called the false prophet. And where does he come up out of? The earth. So this, this what's happening in chapter 10 is very pivotal. Jesus has everything under his feet. He puts his uh, right foot on the sea from which the Antichrist is coming and his left foot on the earth 
from which the false prophets. So the, the message is in symbolic language, everything's under control, everything's under his feet. You sit, uh, you, uh, sit on my right hand until I make all your enemies your footstool. Can we see that? So that's the picture. So his right foot and his left foot, everything is under his feet. All right, number five, his hand. So we've got his clothing, the cloud, his head, the rainbow, his face shining as the sun, his feet. And, and see, the language is inapplicable to any ordinary angel. Any ordinary angel. It's applicable to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why I say the, the Jehovah angel. All right, number five, his hand. Two things mentioned about his hand in... Uh, in um, Verse, uh, oh, I got this. Uh, okay, verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the scene upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven. In other words, it's the sense of taking an oath, an uplifted hand. We lift up our hands to the Lord and act of worship and surrender. But he is an uplifted hand because he's going to take an oath. Swear by him that lives forever and ever and ever. The uh, Father, referring to the Father. And then number two, the second thing about his hand is found in... Um, Verse uh, 2, he had in his hand a little open book. Okay, I've already hopefully proved that that little, uh, and Daniel's a little book. It was sealed to Daniel. A lot of things he wrote down and saw, but he didn't understand. And it was sealed to the time of the end. So if, if the book of Daniel was sealed to the time of the end, when and where is that little book of Daniel to be opened? Revelation chapter 4 and 5 deal with a seven seal book, which has to do with judgments, but this one deals with a little open book. So I have no hesitation when I compare comparative mention principle hermeneutically that it's the book of Daniel. So a little open book, a little open biblios. And uh, I'll give you further proof of that in a moment. All right, number six, his voice. All right, two things I noted about his voice, or the voice here. His voice is like a lion. Oh, I'd apply that to any ordinary angel. Only one I know has a voice like a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. See, the language is all applicable to Christ. So, voice like a lion. Never ever use of angelic beings, but the Lord Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then we find that when he uh, lifted up his voice, the seven, uh, seven thunders uh, in verse 4, and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. This is the only thing that is sealed in the book of, uh, of Revelation. Everything else is open. But this, whatever those seven voices uttered, whatever was said there, uh, was, uh, that's the only thing John was to seal up, and it was to, uh, to the time of the end. So my own understanding there is that when the time comes for this, there's going to come revelation to the church of what was not given to John here or what he heard, and uh, he was told not to write it down. I believe it will be given to the church, because we haven't here to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. So we can say amen. amen. And then number seven, the little open book. I've said enough on that, that I believe the little open book is the book of Daniel. Now, while you're in, 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 in Daniel 10, look at verse 7. But in the days of the voice, plural, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, maybe you'd like to circle the word I have, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God shall be finished as he's declared to his prophets. So there's a point of time when the trumpets begin to sound, and then they sound over a period of time. So same truth is said about the seals. 
There's a point of time when the seals are open, but they stay open for a period of time. There's a point of time where the trumpets begin to sound, where it shall begin to sound, and then they sound over a period of time. And the seventh trumpet sounds over the period of the Great Tribulation. So that's the picture that we have. And so uh, from verse 8 on, we find that John is to eat the little open book and uh, have his little Chinese meal. Because the Bible has the sweetest things and the most bitter things. It's sweet in our mouth in the seminar, seminary, <laughs> but it's bitter when it gets working in our experience. Anybody identify with that? All right, so that's the picture that we have. Now, let me uh, add to this part here. So, All right, now, just to uh, confirm again why I believe that this is the book of Daniel, I'd like you to take down these comparisons because this is what happened. So, everybody with me so far? Take them pretty slow. Okay, so we've compared Daniel 12 and Revel uh, yeah, Daniel 12, Revelation 10, and we've looked at the vision of the mighty angel here, the Jehovah angel, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, from now on, this is what happens. And I want you to take this down of Revelation and Daniel compare. This is what happens. Alright, in Revelation we've compared number one, Revelation chapter 10 with Daniel 12. So we've compared those chapters, comparative mention principle, that's the picture we have. Now, number two, this is why I say that John swallowed the book of Daniel because in Revelation chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter 13, we have this time period of time, times, and half a time. John, where did you get that from? Kevin, I got it from Daniel 7, Daniel 9, and Daniel 12. Three chapters in the book of Revelation mentioned three and a half years using our language, time, times, and half a time, 42 months. Uh, 1260 days, all synonymous, uh, uh, synonymous for the synonymous same period of time. So where did John get that from? He got it from Daniel 7, 9, and 12 that mentions time, times, and half a time, or three and a half years, depending how we interpret Daniel 9, of course. Then, Revelation, or uh, number 3 here, in Revelation chapter 12, what do we see? We see after the birth of the man-child from what I believe is the church, heaven is cleansed, the heavenly sanctuary is cleansed of sin and Satan. Because as frightening as it is, sin began in heaven. It did not begin on earth. And see, we, we, we are often so self-centered in the whole area of redemption. But see, heaven has to be cleansed. Why don't you put the scripture down? Job 15, 15, Job 15, 15. It says the heavens are not clean in his sight. Wow, how's that for a verse? Why are the heavens not clean in His sight? Because sin began in heaven. And sin came to earth. Adam and Eve were not the first sinners. Lucifer was the first sin, sinner. So sin began in heaven and amongst the angels. And so heaven has been defiled by sin. Earth has been defiled by sin. And so what does Daniel do? He refers to in chapter 8, chapter 12, particularly Daniel 8, as the cleansing of the sanctuary. So the heavenly sanctuary has to be cleansed. 
The earthly sanctuary was cleansed on the Day of Atonement. Heaven has to be cleansed, not only earth. So, you know, we say, oh, well, he came to cleanse me. Yeah, he did. But the plan of redemption is beyond us, not just little us. It touches earth and touches heaven. How many are breathing out there? All right. Number four, when we get to Revelation chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, what do we see there? We see a beast and... Uh, Am I going slow enough here? Yes. Okay, I'm going to put myself to sleep. Okay, the word beast is used 38 times from now on. Or let, let, let me just uh, qualify that. In the book of Revelation, there are, there are two, uh, two, um, two words for beast. First of all, there's this word, zed. Double M, Zoan, something like that. And uh, when it refers to the four living creatures, the four living beasts, or the four beasts, uh, the word beast there is this Greek word, and it really means tame, domestic. Okay, so four living creatures is a better translation. And that, those words, referring to the four living creatures, better translation, are used 21 times at least. Okay, 21 times. But once we come to here, Revelate, uh, we have another Greek word, which is T-H-E-R-I-O-N-Therion, something like that. And this is a different Greek word to this. This word literally means a wild beast. It's a wild, rapacious beast. And this Greek word is used first time. Now, please notice this. I'm trying to take it. Pretty slow here. The first reference to this beast is Revelation chapter 11 in verse 7 where it refers, the beast will overcome the two witnesses and kill them. That's the first mention of this wild beast. First mention. And then from Revelation chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, right actually through to 19 and 20, the final mention of this wild beast is in chapter 20 and verse 10 where the beast is thrown into the lake of fire. Between their first mention and final mention, this word, oh, one, one other one is um, in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 8 where it says the wild beasts of the earth. And apart from that one there back in chapter 6 under the seals, this word is mentioned altogether including that one. 38 times wild beast. Now why am I saying that? I'm saying that because of this. Where did Daniel, uh, where did John get all this from? Because when we go through Revelation 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, particularly Revelation 13 and 17, what's the description of the beast? Symbolic language of course, because there's no animal like this. These animals are all at God's zoo. <laughs> This animal has seven heads, ten horns. The animal here has seven heads, ten horns. Where did you get that from, John? Kevin, I swallowed the book of Daniel. Because in Daniel 7, what do I see? A beast with altogether four beasts. And the four beasts together have seven heads. And the fourth beast, which is the seventh head, has ten horns. So where did you get that from? I swallowed the book of Daniel. Not only that, in Revelation chapter 13, we have the false prophet, the second beast, 
who sets up, uh, sets up an image and forces everybody to have a number 666. Where'd you get that from, John? Well, I swallowed Daniel 2 and 3. Because in Daniel 2, Nebuchadnezzar set up, uh, had a vision of an image. And it was 666. And when he set up the image of worship in Daniel 3, it was 60 cubits high, it was 6 cubits wide, and there were 6 musical instruments. The whole thing is stamped with 666. And you either bow or burn. So, oh, okay, John, I'm starting again. Are you starting again? So all of this he gets. Then, when we get to number 5 here, Revelation 19 and 20, we see the Lord Jesus Christ coming and setting up what I call my Christian millennium. I'll explain that later on. Well, where'd you get that from? I got it from Daniel 7. Where at the end of Daniel 7, the Son of Man comes, he receives a kingdom from the Father, and the saints possess the kingdom, not the sinners. So I've said all that, hopefully pretty slowly here, that all this part from Daniel, or from, uh, yeah, from Revelation 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, right through to 20, all of this is eschatology, and it is basically all from the book of Daniel. So how many sort of feel, yeah, I can swallow that. Okay. <laughs> well, John did. <laughs> okay, no, honestly, I, I take it a bit slowly. So, so I, that's why I'm strong in my statement that when, when John swallows the little book, it actually is the book of Daniel, because from now on, he takes the book of Daniel on the three and a half years, on the, uh, on the beast, and on the kingdom, and on the image, and the worship of the image. All that is in the book of Daniel. How many get the picture there? Yeah. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.